Welcome back to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brian. And this, this is, is the, the Bistro. Yes, keep keep going. I was waiting for you to do that part because you, you do this part well. A, a podcast it's a all podcast about the- all about the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. This is, like, this is like this is this is like being at a four way stop, and you know like everybody like it like everybody's frozen. No one knows who's supposed what's, to go. What's the rule? This it's, person goes and hits the brakes it's to the it, right. The person to your it, right is supposed to. What go. if all? What, imagine the. I want you to imagine the following scenario: that there's a four way stop out in the middle of. Uh, what is it? What do you always say? Greenwood non 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 incorporated uh, Greenwood non incorporated Greenwood, and and there's a four way stop, and there are four cars, each come to that stop at the exact same time. Which one goes first? Oh, Brian, deep thoughts. This is like the trolley problem of philosophy. The- <laughs> like if you go to the left, you kill four people. You go to the right, you kill one. It's the person from Chicago. They just they just, they just go. go. They just go. <laughs> but. No, I mean, do you remember this from Drivers Ed? They talked about this scenario. Yes. I think if I, I remember correctly. I don't know. It's the been person, a day or two. The person in the north Ed. goes first. Yeah, I think uh, it's north. But then, so what if it's on slant? What if it's like like? Why imagine? are we talking about this? Why? <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> I just was like, we were trying to do the intro, and neither one of us knew where to go. But okay. anyway, I. Now I'm going. I'm going now. Well, we're back. We're in Daniel. We're continuing our series in Daniel. We are in Daniel 10 today. Yeah. And we are getting to some more of these visions. It's been a, been a good series. We've had some good feedback. People are yeah. enjoying this. Thank you for the feedback. We, yeah, we always, It's always nice to feel like we're not just talking into a barrel someplace. <laughs> disappear we are like toxic it's, it's waste just our voices <laughs> coming back to us saying good job anyway so we're continuing daniel it's exciting times yeah we're uh and uh yeah we're getting into daniel 10 today and this yeah, Dan- is it gets a little more interesting i like it's getting interesting okay well i mean it's I mean, always I, been interesting i, I was gonna it's say it's always I mean, been interesting not interesting but, chapter seven is interesting yes but yeah, 10 a little different, though, because it, it talks about a vision, but we really don't have too much of the vision itself. It's kind of preparing, in some ways, the the last part of Daniel's preparing for this big master vision that that mm. all these others have kind of been pointing toward and giving us some of the details of, but we're going to get many more details in these last three chapters. So chapter 10, though, is, it's, it, it's interesting. There's lots of things to speculate about and, and to talk about. Uh, some of them we can't know for sure but uh there's some some interesting things to look at so all right go ahead and read the first four verses for us why don't you do this is chapter 10 verses one through four yeah in the third oh. year of cyrus king of persia a revelation was given to daniel who was called belteshazzar its message was true and it concerned a great war the understanding of the message came to him in a vision at that time i daniel mourned for three weeks i ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris. Okay, and I know I'm cutting you off in the middle of a sentence. We'll come back to this, but I want to set the scene first because this is this is the same thing we've seen in other chapters, right? Mm-hmm. Um what do you notice it's similar to what we've seen in other chapters? We're getting the timeline here. Like okay. when it is, who's ruling, who's and, ruler and, and okay. what year it is in their ruling. So third year of King Cyrus is the, is the time. So there's been that transition from the Babylonians into the, into the Medo-Persian empire. 
We talked about this a lot last week, but what's really important for us to remember here with Cyrus, I think, is that in the first year of King Cyrus, um, he decreed, this is from, this isn't from Daniel. This is from Ezra chapter one, Ezra chapter one, verses one through four. Cyrus decreed that the people could return to the promised land, could return to Judea. So you remember last week we talked about, this is the end of that 70 years that Jeremiah had prophesied. And so now the people are returning to their homeland. So that, that should be a time of um, excitement, right? It should be, mm-hmm. it should, this should be a good time. Now we're, we're three years into that, into that return, we could say, or at least two years past in, into that return. But we're told the subject of this vision that Daniel receives is a great war. And, and you see Daniel's response to that. What, what do we see here in, in that response? How would you describe what he says uh, here? F- mourning and fasting. Right. So, so it's, it's, it's interesting. We saw him fasting and we saw him in sackcloth and ashes last uh, last chapter in that prayer where he's given this incredible prayer for the forgiveness of the people for turning their backs on God and essentially calling the people to return and and saying in this prayer they're going to return. But this is a different kind of mourning. This seems to be mourning because of the subject of what happens in this vision that it's it's mm-hmm. we, and we've seen Daniel do this before. It's a, it's almost like a fear, right, or a um, a sense of dread that overcomes him that this this is the thing that's going to happen. Now, there's just a little detail here. We, we're given not only the year, but we're given a very specific date here. And this is one of those things that that until you put it together, it, you know, you're kind of like, well, what's this mean? And it's one of these things that's very easy for us to um, to pass over. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, oh, my God. I, I honestly didn't <laughs> intend that pun until just then. <laughs> All right, let's but, get to it here. It says it's the first month, which in in the Hebrew or Hebrew calendars is Nisan, the month of Nisan. Uh, one S, not two. Not, I thought it was the month of Ford. Right, but right. Um, no, it's it, it's Nisan, and the fifteenth of Nisan famously is is um, Passover, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's that. There's my little. Pun. There's your, pun. Uh, yes, I, the, I did not. I really did not. It's easy that. for I, us I, to I pass kinda, over the Passover. Right. Right. So he says this is the 24th day of the first month, which means that if he's been fasting for three weeks, basically that started at the very beginning of the month of, you know, the first of the Mm -hmm. month. And it would have gone through this entire period of not only uh, Passover, but the Feast of Unleavened Bread that goes along with that. And and that's a feasting time, right? right? It's one of the one of the prescribed feasts in the Jewish calendar. It's a time when the Jewish people should be celebrating and remembering God's redemption and his deliverance, like we talked about last week. Instead, we find the opposite here, that for three weeks he's been fasting, and for three weeks he's not hes not even used, um, you know, he's not even put unguents on. He's not even put his, uh, his skin uh, ointment on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but for that whole three weeks, he's not taking any meat. He's not taking any wine. And so um, – you know, it's a it's it shows his despair kind of at the, at the subject of this message, his dejection of this. <clears throat> now, did you have anything you wanted to add on that, or I, I don't, I don't think so. But I mean, it's it this again. I think it's unique. Yeah. I mean, this is a I mean, this is a pretty good fast. Twenty one days, a pretty good yeah. fast, and then through the feast days. Um, sure. That, I mean, that's a that's a 
that's a big deal. That's the extra extra part of this. And and remember again, so we saw last time, you know, he's saying, Hey, the 70 years are over. This is a time for God's people to go into the into the land. And so one of the things I think we have to think about in connection with this is Ezra goes in and there's a beginning of rebuilding the walls, but that soon comes to um there's opposition that arises. And some even though Cyrus allows them to. Uh, there are later rulers that come along, either governors or uh, later on, even higher officials that put an end to, to that work. And so I mentioned Ezra chapter four, four through five. I think you said you had it. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Or? Well, and one thing I also want to say at this point is <coughs> what are we to think Daniel's probably close to 90 at this point? When yeah, this is- yeah. yeah, he's got to be right. He's got to be in his late 80s, something like that. Yeah. And 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 is hoping for God's people to be able to go in. Of course, not everybody returns. First of mm-hmm. all, to the to the uh, land, and uh, and the other part of it is. Oh, and I didn't mean to mention this too. Before before you read that, let me say one more thing. Um, is is the other part of this is I think maybe he's thinking about the the situation of God's people being stopped, right? Not being able to complete their task of mm-hmm. uh, rebuilding. Uh, Jerusalem and rebuilding the temple. Yeah. Um, I, I, what, what I think is kind of interesting as I think about this is Daniel's concern is not necessarily about himself in this. Right. It's the people. Sure. Like Daniel's, I, I would assume he's thinking, I'm wrapping up my time here. Right. You know, it's like the future, com- yeah, God, future this, of God's plan, future, the future of God's people. I'm yeah. probably not going to be here. He's right. probably wrapping up his time on earth um, for now. And, uh, just th- this idea that his concern, and I think we saw this last week as well, uh, as we were looking at Daniel 9, is his concern is for the people of yes. God, not just for himself. It's right. about the people and not himself. So that was right. just something else that kind yeah, of stuck good, out good to me. Point. So I was going to mention this idea of the Tigris, uh, because this is that great river. It's kind of a boundary r- river, and it's it's if you're going to head east, that's where you would follow. Uh, it's kind of um, similar to what we find uh, in um, when Abraham leaves the Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he follows along probably this path of the river up to the north, not straight through the desert, but up to the north following this um, this pattern and then coming down from, from the north uh, into the land of Canaan. And that's also where Ezra and um, the people who go with him to the promised land, that, that's where they set out from. So some people have even suggested, and this is just speculation, right? This is not something we can say for certain. But why is Daniel there? Why is he at the Tigris? Uh, and, and it may be that he's there trying to encourage some of these people who are who are going to be returning to the promised land for them to go and to do what God's, you know, basically for them to fulfill uh, God's plan. Because not everybody goes back, right? Not not right. not all of the all of the people who came from Judea. And the descendants of those who came from Judea returned, uh, and so you know he could be he could be again speculation he could be there trying to encourage people to go back to the promised land and, and accomplish God's purpose there. So, okay. so go ahead and read now Ezra chapter four, four and five, and then twenty four. Here we go. Then the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They bribed officials to work against them and frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Okay, so this is the Darius the Great, not the Darius the Mede we've been talking about earlier, but Darius the Great. So this whole period of time, they're having this frustrating. Now, in verse 24, 
it says that actually for a period of time, because they received this letter from uh, the ruler Artaxerxes, that the um, the the work on the temple stops, right? Yeah. You know, it says thus, it, thus the work on the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So interesting that there's all this optimism about these 70 years. That's what we saw last chapter, the 70 years being over and the people returning. But then we see those plans very quickly thwarted. So that's kind of, again, the background of this context. Apocalyptic, remember, always arises in these times, a period of turmoil for God's people. Mm. Uh, it's giving us kind of the spiritual reality. We've talked about that before that lays behind what we see in the in the physical. It's showing us how things really are. And that's what I think we have here in this, in this, in this passage. So let me go back. I'll, I'll, since I cut you off in the middle of a sentence, I'll go back in verse 4. And then read down through verse six on the 24th day of the first month, that's Nisan, 24th day of Nisan. As I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and the voice like the sound of a multitude. So we have this description of this supernatural being. Uh, notice in verse 5, we cut off there usually because he, he he says, I looked up. And we've seen Daniel say this before, kind of the beginning of a visionary experience. I looked up. And, and we're going to see that this is a vision because he says the others who were there with him, we're going to see in just a minute, weren't able to see this. So this is something that's specially a special vision that's given to Daniel that the other companions are not able to see. So we'll, we'll break this description down a little bit, but I want to note, note, first of all, that there are some who see very clearly that this compares to the way that Jesus is described in the beginning of the book of Revelation. Uh, Revelation chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, use a lot of very similar kind of language that we find very similar descriptions here. Uh, in this. And therefore, some want to compare this figure to to Christ, to the Son of Man. But I don't think that's what's going on. And and I'll, I'll go ahead and give this away. Later on, this character, this person who's unnamed, says that he needs Michael's help. And, and so if we're thinking about that being Christ, um, you know, that, that doesn't fit very well with our, yeah. at least theologically, right? So so what what I think we have going on here is typically we understand that some you mentioned uh, some of the books that you have been reading on this suggest it's Gabriel, mm-hmm. uh, which very well could be he's unnamed here, but it's it's one of these angels that are kind of the equivalent to Michael right in his in his wheelhouse so to speak, and and so that's that's what I think we have going on here. Now I'm going to break down the the description here just a little bit. Um, Fine linen. Linen is is a white garment. It's usually a sign of holiness. Uh, my favorite example of this is um, the beginning of First Samuel. I think it's First Samuel three, where uh, Samuel is described as a young boy in a linen ephod. Mm-hmm. Um, his holiness is seen in contrast to the wickedness of uh, the priest Hophni and Phineas there. Uh, and so, so linen, this garment, white garment, is often used to denote holiness, right? So here's this, I'm going to say a supernatural being uh, who, who's coming. Like we see with apocalyptic a lot of times, a guide for 
for Daniel to, to kind of show him the way. Belt of fine gold from Uphaz. Um, Uphaz is only mentioned twice in the entire Bible. The other times, one place in Jeremiah, I don't remember where off the top of my head. No one exactly knows where it is, but but it's it's suggested. There's there's another place called Ophir where uh, the Jewish people sometimes go for precious metals. And uh, the way that they get there from uh, from the Holy Land is they go down through the the Gulf of Aqaba down into the Red Sea and and they bring gold back from there. And so some people think it's probably India or or one of these other places to the south where where gold was used and um, and where gold uh, items were made. Anyway, this idea of a gold sash shows something about his status. Um, you know, again, this this is he, he's he's an important important kind of character. His body was like topaz, uh, and and I should say, there. Are, if you look at <laughs> different translations, there are different precious stones that are that are mentioned when when this one uh, when this word is used, this Hebrew word. We don't know exactly what stone it is. Chrysolite. Sometimes it will say. Sometimes it will say some other kind of stone, but it's a precious stone. And that idea of the gleaming here, we're going to see lots of uh, shininess. We're going to see lots of. Words that indicate that uh, okay. face like lightning, for example, and and this idea, um, you know, has to do with the, the idea of the brightness, but also especially when we get down to this eight, uh, eyes like flaming torches. A torch is something you use to see by, mm-hmm. uh, and so this idea of having eyes like torches means that he's able to see the truth, if you will. He's mm-hmm. able to see uh, into the into the reality, and then arms and legs like burnished bronze. Um, we have the feet of Jesus in Revelation chapter one described as bronze. They're like bronze in a fire, uh, and so you can imagine kind of glowing brightly is that idea, burnished bronze, and then voice like the voice of a multitude, sound of a multitude. Um, I think it's in Revelation one. I believe it's described as the voice of rushing waters. I think there, but but the idea of a, a loud, uh, easy to understand voice that's going to be able to deliver the message. And I know this is not a direct correlation, but it makes me think of, uh, I believe it's Daniel 2 when we have the statue, correct? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, that we have a statue there that's representing certain things, but this is a living, you know, this is a moving, living being that embodies some of this stuff. And part of it, when we think of this, is we look at his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, which was one of the metals in that statue. Um, But, you know. Like in that statue, where it talks about like the feet of clay and uh, and iron. Like yeah. th- this, this body is not doesn't have those right. fragile pieces to it. Like right. that statue in Daniel two. So I yeah. know there's not a correlation no, there, but it's I just, get what you're saying. It's bright. But, it's bright. He's bright throughout. He's glowing. You know? Right. And this is not a statue. This is a this right. is a, a, a supernatural being. supernatural yeah. being. It, you know, and 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 we talk, we've talked about this before, but the the response in and we see the same response here. The response in scripture anytime you you come into contact with a supernatural being is is fear, uh, and and uh, even when we have uh, John's vision of Jesus in Revelation chapter one, he says, "I fell down like a dead man at his feet." Right, and we're going to see a very similar statement here in Daniel. The normal response of a human being when they come into contact with one of these supernatural beings is that they are afraid. Um, e- even Gabriel, if you think about, or, or when the angels appear to the shepherds, the very first thing they say is don't be afraid. <laughs> right. That's, right. that's the first message. Um, these are precious have. moments. 
angels <laughs> right. coming down to right. These are not cherubs like we well, we often yeah. think of, <laughs> and especially Michael. You know, Michael's is portrayed in in the intertestamental literature, and that's what's so interesting. I think I've mentioned before. There's a developed angelology, to use a fancy term. Uh, there's a developed um, doctrine of angels that happens during the intertestamental period where a lot of these writings, not biblical writings, but these these intertestamental writings speculate about, you know, they give them all these names and they have uh, all of these different roles. Uh, First Enoch is the best example where Gabriel and Michael are both mentioned, but then there there's exaggerated kind of characteristics that we don't have in the rest of Scripture, but they do seem to be consistent. Uh, Michael seems to be some kind of a warrior who's 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 got a you know he's he's involved in battles a lot. We see that in Revelation as well. Uh, you might remember um, we saw that uh, mentioned in in uh, is it Jude as well when we looked at the Oneiders, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd have to go back and 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 look at that again. But we have Michael mentioned in, in that role again as kind of a defender of God's people and and uh, and working on on his behalf. Uh, of course. Famously in Revelation, he's uh, Michael's the one who body slams the great dragon. So, <laughs> Does it say earth. body slam? Does it have like uh, WWE references? I, I may uh, be, I may be paraphrasing <laughs> the Greek word for body slam. You know. <laughs> he is cast down to the earth. Oh, I believe okay, okay. is what it yeah. says. Michael jumps off the top rope and takes him down. He holds him. He holds him over his head, turns him around three, three times. That's and right. Yeah. Cast him down to the earth. All right. Uh, anyway, the great wrestling match of the the between Michael and the Great Dragon. You remember that? Of course. Who doesn't? <laughs> All right. Okay. So we've got this angelic being. <laughs> right. I'm gonna bring us back to task here. Angelic okay. being. Daniel's been fasting. Angelic yeah. being who's looking like powerful thing. Yes. Yes. Hey, a truth com- a truth bringer. I think you mentioned something about uh, before we we uh, started recording. You mentioned this idea of. Uh, Gabriel's the one often, if this is Gabriel, he's often associated with bringing messages. Like mm-hmm. we talked about last week, he brings the, the message of the birth of Jesus, for example. Yeah. Right. And, and, and just like in, and chapter nine. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So absolutely. Okay. So we got all that. And so let's Daniel seven here then. Okay. T- chapter 10 verse seven. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. So. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, you're gonna. I I got it here. Okay. Uh, Daniel seven through nine. I Daniel was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. Hmm. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep. My face to the ground. Right. So, uh, yeah, you said, hum, this this idea of the others with him fled kind of at his presence. They don't see it. Why are they fleeing? Well, I mean, they could hear the sound or there's a sense of, of mm-hmm. its presence. Some similar. I'm trying to remember now when uh, when the, the risen Christ um, uh, confronted Saul on the road to Tarsus. Uh, and there's something similar that happens there. Uh, I, I, sh- I should have looked that up ahead of time. Acts 10, is that or Acts yeah. 9? But um, oh, 10 is Cornelius' household, so has to be Acts 9, I think. But in, anyway, um, when uh, when that happens, I believe the others who are traveling with him don't see don't see the same thing that Saul does. Is that correct? Am I remembering correctly? Yeah. Find it? 
Yeah, the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. But but again, they were they react to the sound, mm-hmm. but they they don't see they don't see the risen Christ uh, the same way that that yeah. Saul does. So, you know, again, there's another visionary experience if you want to call it that. I mean, I think it's 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 a real experience. I think this is a real experience. Uh when we talk about supernatural or spiritual, sometimes we have a tendency to make it not real, right? Right. But I, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to remember this is, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, the way he responds. So he falls into a deep sleep. Like I said, this is similar to John. We see the same thing kind of happen. Um, you know, this idea of falling down with his face to the ground when he when he approaches an angel. Yeah, and I'm um, thinking he has no strength left, and his face turned deathly pale. It's because he needs to eat some food. <laughs> that's what that's after what's happening. Three weeks, after, after three, three weeks, weeks of fasting, I'd be face down right. on the ground too right it's interesting again we have a very similar chapter in in verses 10 through 12 we have a very similar thing that happens here as happens in in the book of revelation go ahead if you have revelation there in front of you revelation 117 go ahead there i'm going to read tw- 10 through 12 and then i want you to read just that verse for me yep I read the, uh, so revel- here's what this is daniel this is daniel chapter 10 so after he falls down in a deep sleep with his face to the ground john in a similar way falls down like a dead man Uh, But then verse 10 says, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this, I stood up trembling. So go ahead and read that, that uh, verse 17. This is revelation. This is Jesus. This is, this is Jesus appearing to John. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. So you see that same idea of comfort, the right hands placed on them and there's comfort given. So you can understand why people want to say this is the same as the risen Christ. Again, I think I think what we have a pre, pre-incarnation Christ. What I think we have happening, though, I think it's uh, it's just similar responses to supernatural beings is, is you know, kind of what what's going on. Do you have mm-hmm. any thoughts on that, or? Uh, yeah, no. I think if I saw someone like that, I would also be, yeah, fa- I, face down. Have I have I mentioned uh, the way that C.S. Lewis uh, talks about these mm. angelic beings in the in the space trilogy? You've you've read the space trilogy? Recently, I've read you? part of it. It got so weird. Uh, yeah, it is a little weird. But uh, when he has these Eldil that you know the, that are these angels, these these be- beings that are working on behalf of the Creator. When he has them appear to human beings, the interesting thing, the, the thing that that really captured my imagination, is that uh, one of the frightening things when Ransom, I think Ransom's the one describing this character in in the space trilogy. This is C.S. Lewis's space trilogy. If you if you're not familiar with it, but uh, one of the frightening things is suddenly it feels like all of the physical universe when these Eldil appear is slightly tilted <laughs> mm. like it's everything is slightly off kilter and you realize that this supernatural being is showing you the true the really real mm-hmm. uh so to speak you know and the, your the, reality without them is the thing that's off kilter is the thing that's off kilter and i you know there's that's just a for me that was a when i read that that was a very thought-provoking uh, description, you know, of what what is it that causes fear when you see these supernatural beings? Well, you're seeing true holiness, right? You're seeing truth. 
Um, and that's the thing that he's going to talk about here. I'm coming to bring you this. You're, you're esteemed, Daniel. Don't be afraid. This is a message that is coming to you because of your prayers, because of the things that you've been offering. You've been highly esteemed. Therefore, stand up and, and, and receive this message. So, so, you know, but just that idea um, that, that this reality is kind of the veneer, <laughs> you know, when we talk about supernatural, again, we, we kind of think of it as unreal or, uh, you know, something along those lines, but, but it's the really real, it's the, it's the, you know, the, the thing that it has more substance and more foundation than this reality that we, uh, we claim and hold here. And that would be disconcerting, right? That would, when you come into the presence of Isaiah, you know, when he comes into the presence of the Holy God, uh, he, he falls down and says, I, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips that, that live among a people of unclean lips, right? So so it's that kind of uh, description. Anyway, that's a little bit of, of an aside too. But So he, he says, you know, again, I've been brought to you um, in order to, to, to give you this message. So he gives him that assurance. He calls him to stand up. Then verse 12, then he continued, do not be afraid, typical response, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God. And I think that's a really interesting, again, that's been Daniel's character throughout this entire story, right, is that he he wants to gain understanding. It's not that he's the smartest guy in the room, it's that he recognizes that God is able to reveal the truth to him. And to humble himself before God, that's the attitude, that's the perspective he has to have in order to receive this truth. Your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. So the same kind of thing we saw with the prayer last week, that, right. that your words have, have mattered. Your your words have not fallen to the ground, to use the description of the way Samuel's described. Um, you know, but but they have, there's been a response to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that just it seems similar. Chapter nine, chapter nine, it was the prayer. Angel yep. comes very quickly. Like here's right. a quickly like been as dispatched soon as you with this praying. message. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. right. So then here's where we start to get this hint. Here's where things are a little bit weird. Then, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so so <laughs> so far everything's been kind of um, you know well relatively normal. Daniel has this great <laughs> fear. Because of this great battle, this war that's going to going to take place, and again, um, you you think about it should be a time of joy when God's people are returning to the to the land, but instead there is this vision He's been given of this great war, and we'll get more into that in the next uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, but instead there seems like there's this other thing that's going on behind the scenes right mm-hmm. he, he's concerned for the physical war that it, he can see the vision of for God's people but here this supernatural being is talking about what we understand to be a spiritual battle mm. uh, so go ahead and read that for me 13 and 14 and but the, uh, we'll talk a little yeah, bit about it but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Okay, so he's like, I I tried to come to you, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I was resisted by the prince of Persia. Uh, and, and you know, there's lots, lots not said here. There's a lot of speculation that is mm-hmm. that has been made over this. Uh, 
But we have other places in the Old Testament, and particularly in apocalyptic-like literature, Ezekiel, Isaiah come to mind, where these kings uh, or these princes are equated with supernatural beings, with um, with um, evil supernatural beings, mm-hmm. um, and and so you know this this messenger of God has been resisted. So there's a supernatural battle that has had real effect here where basically mm-hmm. I've been delayed for bringing you this for 21 days. He says, yeah. uh, you know, three weeks, uh, the same as his fasting, right? So, so you began this fast, but then you've had to struggle, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, in, in this fast, uh, until I could bring you this message. And the thing that has kept me back, the thing that's held me back, he describes as the Prince of Persia. I mentioned there are other times in Isaiah, for example, where we'll talk about the king of a city, and and they seem to be equated with an evil supernatural uh, presence or an evil mm-hmm. supernatural being that is trying to thwart uh, God's work and thwart um, God's people from being able to to receive what what He has for them. Yeah, you kind of see here that we have, it's uh, in verse 13, but the prince of the Persian kingdom, yeah. and then later on it's the prince king, of Greece, or, or the king, king of Persia. Okay. Like this prince and king seem to be kind of interchangeable, right. and then we get, we see Michael uh, is also listed as A one prince. of the chief princes. Yeah. So we, yeah. we get this idea, it's not necessarily prince and king how yeah. we are thinking of them, um, because if Michael came to help him, it's another spiritual being that's coming to help this yeah. spiritual being who's not identified. Um, but we, we get the idea that there's this a spiritual battle that's happening behind behind the scenes of, of what's going on. And that's kind of delayed so. this angel from coming to Daniel. I think that's what's going on. And it's, it's, it's you know, there, that brings lots of questions to our mind. Uh, you know, the other thing you think about is some of these ancient kings thought of themselves as gods, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, that was one of the issues that he dealt with. And, uh we see this idea again back in chapter six, don't petition your God, but instead ask only the king because he's the one who's the true provider of, of, of reality, you know, the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, so for whatever reason that, that comes along, I mentioned uh, I had in our notes here, Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 12. And there, that's where Paul says, uh, you know, remember our battle it's about spiritual warfare, right? Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities of this dark world. I believe is some, you know, again to, to paraphrase is what what uh, he says there. Did you, did you look it up? Did you? I saw you flipping. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't have to. No, I've, I've got it here. Uh, finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Right. So there is behind. You know, we 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 tend again to focus upon the physical, right, and the and the flesh and blood. The 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 enemy is is other human beings, and Paul is saying no. The real enemy are, are the spiritual forces that are that are trying to thwart, uh, you know, the work of God and and, and his people. Um, the Book of Revelation again, not to not to keep going there, but but that I mentioned the the dragon being cast down to the earth. I mean, part of that whole story is a reminder that um, that the dragon has been loosed, right, and that mm-hmm. there is. 
uh, real damage that that the 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 devil can do. The, that ancient serpent is what he's called there. The 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 dragon, right? Um, he he is able to do damage, uh, but ultimately he he is defeated, and, and that's that's the the positive message there. So, just a reminder here that there is a spiritual battle that goes on um, behind the the physical battle. So, so what you know? Here's the speculation. What what is the what is the idea? And and I think Michael and and not to give away the ending of this chapter, but um, this being that that is speaking here is going to say, I have to go back and help Michael now. <laughs> you know, we, mm-hmm. we've still got work to do. And, and the reason I mentioned that stuff about the the rulers, uh, even though Cyrus initially said to the people they can go that there's these other rulers that are trying to stop God's people returning and and trying to stop God's people from rebuilding the temple and the reestablishment of the sacrificial system and all this kind of stuff. The reason I mentioned that is I, I think there's a way in which they're saying that there's a spiritual battle that lays behind that that um, opposition, I guess is what I'm trying to say, the opposition to to God's people being able to do what they what they want to do and not want to do, but what they're called to do. Mm. Thoughts yeah. on that or comments? Yeah, I mean, it, the the delay in the battle is the most interesting yeah. thing to me. Yeah. That that it's that it's a it it's not uh, that it's going on for twenty at least twenty one days at this days. at yeah. least at this point. Yeah, uh, he's been delayed for twenty one days, and then you know, there Michael's coming over to assist him. You know, like what it it's. I'm just, you know, thinking about those things. It's weird to think about those things. I think it about is. like it, what what's going on there, and what do these battles look like, and how is this yeah. how is this playing out yeah. in the supernatural realm, in the spiritual it, realm? It, yeah, absolutely. And and you know, we've talked before about you know we kind of live in a time where we've we've kind of separated the spiritual and the and the physical and the effects that that the spiritual can have. Uh, though biblically that doesn't seem to be the case, you know. Again, I'm going to say not only Old Testament, but also we have what Paul says, and and uh, you know what Jesus himself says. The 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 connection between what we do and and the spiritual effects, our, our physical uh, actions, and the, and the spiritual effects that that has, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But um, the the uh, uh, you know the idea. So yeah, God is is greater. Right than these spiritual, these evil spiritual forces, but <laughs> the spiritual forces still have a certain amount of power. Again, that's that's what I think is 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 the takeaway here. Um, it's not that they're somehow going to eventually overturn the work of God or or stop it completely, uh, but they can cause havoc. They can cause um, uh, difficulties, and, and that delay again goes right along with what we talked about last week. That that people. The people of God are constantly saying, "How long, God, until mm-hmm. you're able to, to, you know, until you do these things?" So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we want to think about that because I've mentioned before in Revelation the Great War that I think this is this is leading toward. Uh, the Great War is depicted as very. There's a long description of the enemies lining up, but then the war is over just like that. You know, God's mm-hmm. power is that much greater, which I think is the message. Um, but that's not to say that there isn't, uh, there aren't, you know, difficulties and, and skirmishes, skirmishes, battles uh, put it put in our in our way. 
Hmm. Uh, so what do you, you said, what does it look like in the spiritual realm? How do you think, what do you think it looks like in the way that it affects us? Would you say? <clears throat> well, I, I, <laughs> I, I think, you know, it's one of those things that we live. I was thinking about this earlier is yeah. we live, we live so detached from the spiritual world. It seems, right. you know, like we live in a, a time where it's like, uh, we've got control of everything and that we're part mm, of it. But one of the things yeah. for me is, I thought I was thinking about, and we're going to get into more of this. There's another prince that's talked about the prince of a uh, prince of Greece, right? Um, but kind of going, and and this kind of goes back to something I was kind of reading and 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 uh, preparing for this, and I I looked at um, uh, Tripper Longman has written a book. Oh oh boy, <laughs> my computer just put balloons over my head. I don't know what happened. Yeah, if you're not if you're not watching it uh, on YouTube, I don't. I'm I'm making faces. I don't know. Something happened. Balloons like a birthday party. Balloons <laughs> came up over me. Um, Trevor Long was written We're about, about this. spiritual warfare, Spirit- and <gasps> distractions, distractions. <laughs> I'm gonna battle the balloons with Snow Globe Jesus again, sitting on my desk. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, back to this. So I was reading, uh, reading yeah. about this, and and mm-hmm. Tripper Longman was bringing up, uh, who's been on uh, a guest on the podcast, right. bringing up, talking about Deuteronomy thirty two seven through nine. Okay, I'm going to read this real quick, and this sure. is just. I'm getting to the point here, the question you asked me. <laughs> um, it says, remember the days of old, consider the generations long past, ask your father and he will tell you, your elders, and they will explain to you. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he divided all mankind, he set up boundaries for all the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. Mm. For the Lord's portion to his peop- is his people, Jacob, his allotted inheritance. Mm, and so what he was pointing out there was this. He set up boundaries for the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. Um, and talking about what what is this sons of God? And there seems to be like, there, there seems to be this division of these maybe right. spiritual beings going out with a people, you know, kind of okay. going back to the Tower of Babel that were divided out there. And as we're seeing here, we're getting an idea that there's a prince of Persia, prince of Greece, and so forth, that all the nations, that there's there seems to be some spiritualness connected to the nations. Hmm. Um, yeah. And so, like, for me, it's thinking about me is it what who is the the prince and we're not going to get political here but prince of the united states prince of you know like i don't think spiritual warfare has ended i think you know that there are these forces and this this you know we talked about ephesians there um but what is it the spiritual forces that are that are all around us yeah that, that are battling still in this way for a people for a place for all of these things um, and so, like for me, as I think about the so what, it's kind of coming back to this reality. Like there is a d- distinct spiritual reality yeah. um, that is guiding and and okay. and you know I, I I don't you know I think about this like what is the prince of Persia yeah and the spiritual being it, what what is he doing okay he's battling Gabriel and Michael yeah. or potentially Gabriel and angelic being and Michael. <laughs> right. Right, but what else is he doing in that nation? Yeah, what else is that yeah. spiritual being doing in Persia? Yeah. What else is that spiritual being? You know, we see about the prince of Greece as is going to come down and fight some right. more. Like, what's 
what's that? What's that spiritual being doing and, in that place? And I brought, time? you know, I brought up Ezra and the resistance that they receive from some of these rulers for that reason. And, and I'll remind you when we looked at Revelation and the beast that comes up out of the sea and the the beast of the earth, we suggested there that this is this is probably Rome and and the uh, local authorities that are in conjunction with Rome working in ways that are that are defeating God's people. So here's John in exile on the Isle of Patmos, unable to, uh, you know, effectively do what, what he needs to be doing in terms of, you know, uh, let's, let's say evangelism and that kind of thing. He's, he's in exile. Uh, obviously God still uses him in order to reveal this, this profound truth. Um, and that's, that's where we see, I think God again, isn't, isn't, you know, though these spiritual forces try to thwart God's plan, God's plan continues. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul uses this phrase, and it, 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 you talked about the Prince of America, and that seems, you know, again, that seems very strange to us. Mm-hmm. But but Paul uses this phrase, the spirit of this age, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and I, I think there are characteristics, and and again, you know, I've been in places, uh, and I know you have too, where the spiritual realm seems much closer to the surface than it typically is in the West. But at the same time, there are many authors who've, who've written about this and done, done a really great job that talk about in, in the West, though though those spiritual forces might seem you know more archaic and that kind of thing, there are some things we, we struggle with, things like in the United States, for example, I'm just going to talk about, uh, I'm thinking about uh, Keller's um, uh, Money, Sex, and Power, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, these are, these are our idols, you know, and, and I think he says that non-ironically. Um, you know, and, and the same thing, you know, Paul says greed is idolatry, right? So, so money, sex, and power in the United States are things that are, uh, that, that we are tempted to bow our knee to, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, comfort, maybe. Um, the, these kind of, you know, are those quote unquote gods, are those spiritual forces, at least, let's, let's say, that are, um, trying to de- derail us from from the work that God has for us. I guess that that's kind of where I was going with this in, in, mm-hmm. in thinking in those terms. Yeah, it it it, it just brings back the reality. You know, it, it you know, this angel is trying to explain to Daniel like, "Hey, here's why this took me so long." Right. But it's also good this glimpse behind the curtain that there is yeah. there's something else stirring behind the scenes. And remember that's what apocalyptic is about. It's like here's how things look on on the earth, but you got to remember that there is a spiritual reality that that underlays all this. Hmm. Well, let's go ahead and finish up this uh, this chapter then verses 15 through 17. Then we see Daniel's response because he says this is a vision concerning a time that's not yet come. Same kind of thing I said last week where we had uh, the 70, 70 years have come to an end. Hey, you know, Jeremiah's yeah. 70 years are over. It's time for us to celebrate. And he's like, well, there's the 70 times seven you need to worry about as well. Right. And so I think it's this same kind of thing. There's something in the future still that's going to happen. This isn't this isn't suddenly everything is restored. The kingdom is restored and 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 everything is fine. Um, but there is this future that you need to be thinking about as well. Uh, while he was saying this to me, Daniel says, I bowed with my face toward the ground and was speechless. Then the one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and began to speak. So, so two of the, two of the other major prophets, we, we call them, we can just call them major prophets because they're, they're bigger. 
Um, but Isaiah, you might remember that whole, um, uh, I'm a man of unclean lips that lives among people of unclean lips. And it says an angel took from the censer, right, in, the, in that mm-hmm. image of the heavenly temple. Um, he t- takes a, a, a coal and touches Isaiah's lips and basically cleanses his lips so that he's able to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, we find in uh, Jeremiah that literally he says he touches his mouth, right, and gives mm-hmm. him gives him that uh, the, his word. I see. I put my word in your mouth is the way that God describes what's happening there prophetically. Ezekiel. I hadn't thought of this until just now, but Ezekiel, you get this book. Do you remember that? Then that I ate the book and it oh, was yes. sweet to taste, and then it was sour mm-hmm. in my stomach. Wormwood. And, and, yeah, so here's the message, right? Here's the message that I've been given. And this is the same here with Daniel, where he he touches his lips, and I opened my mouth, and I began to speak. Uh, I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish uh, because, uh, um, because of the vision, my Lord, and I feel very weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. So his response is to, you know, to be overwhelmed and to you know, be, basically be in anguish. How can I even you know, respond to this in that way? So it says, again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, you who are highly esteemed. He says, peace, be strong now, be strong. And then it says, when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, speak, my Lord, since you've given me strength. Do you notice how many times that idea of, of being strong, strong. Mm-hmm. Um I, I meant to mention this earlier when I that Ephesians six passage is very interesting because it talks about um, you know putting on the armor of the Lord and then he says several times in that passage stand stand firm then stand right and it's a similar kind of context I think that that you know there he's calling us um, not to give in to the to the you know the attacks of of the evil one but instead to put on the armor of the Lord so that we can stand when that day of battle comes. Similar here is he's saying, I'm, I'm strengthening you now. Be strong, and he repeats it, which is always important in Scripture, right? Be strong now. Be strong. And uh, and so he says, you know, I, I've, I've been strengthened by you then. So he's giving him, uh, I would say, strength for the battle. I mean, you know, uh, he's, he's giving him the ability to stand here in, in, in this. So then um, uh, notice that the, the strength doesn't come from him himself, right, from Daniel himself. And, again, that's been consistent throughout the entire book. But it's given to him by this by this creature, by this, uh, I should say creature, this um, being. So then verse 20 says, Do you know why I've come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. Now he's talking about, I think, he's giving us an insight into of course, we saw that back the the prince of uh, the king of Greece and the the king of Persia back in uh, chapter uh, where was that eight and and yeah eight and uh, he's giving us a little insight to that and also pointing forward to this battle that we're going to be hearing about uh, the prince of Greece will come but first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth and then he's you know. The NIV has this parenthetically, but no one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. And then uh, a lot of times 11.1 is included with this. In the first year of Darius the Mede, I took my stand to support and protect him. So this idea of uh, Michael and, and Gabriel or this this other angel 
uh, being the ones who, who are standing together in this spiritual battle. Hmm. Lots thoughts happening. On that or, what's well, that? I don't, I <laughs> lots, don't know. I, I mean, I could have thoughts. I don't know if they're good or productive thoughts. No. I just, there's just a lot happening there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, we're given details and you kind of go, well, why? You know, right. like, what are the details doing here or is, right. what's important here? Um, and so I just, again, you know, kind of talking about that, the Prince of Greece and talking about Alexander the Great and, right. you know, um, Macedonians coming down, but it, it's just, it's very interesting, you know, written in the book of truth, you know, like wh where right. are we going with this? What's, what's <laughs> happening here? You know, it, and, and I hadn't thought of this again. I mentioned Isaiah and the King of Tyre there. And, and often that that's where we get that whole Lucifer thing. I think we've, we've recorded an episode on that back in the past, but um, you know, God uses these Kings to accomplish his purpose but again, they're they're often attributing these same things that God is prompting them to do for His people's good, um, and uh, uh, you know this is the uh, um, how to say this. Um, but they're taking they're taking credit to their gods for these things when God is the one to prompt them to do this on on behalf of His people. I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so I don't know how well mm. I said that, but yeah, well. It's a lot here. There we have it. Now, and we're going to get these into the visions then, and this is going to be really good. 11 and 12 will be really good. So. Yeah, this is just, this is, 10 kind of the setup to where yep, we're going. You it know, is. it's a setup it's, it's of, the, of what's to the come. The preamble. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, uh, you know, we're we're making our way here towards, uh, to Daniel 12, the end of, the yep. end of all this. And so we're kind of, we're, we're cresting the hill, getting closer to the top, <laughs> the precipice here of what all is yeah. happening in Daniel. So yeah. I think this is I'll good. Say, and this is where we always say, you know, if you like this episode, if you like uh, the podcast, make sure to share it with others. Go look at our website, the Bible Bistro. Wait, the yeah, Bible Bistro dot com. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> and uh, you can be a Patreon there. There's a place. There's a link that you can do that. You can find us on Facebook. We've had a couple new people like us on Facebook. Yeah, uh, join so, us. Uh, so, yes, uh, uh, w w there's always when we new episodes coming up, kind of give you a preview of that. Uh, and hopefully it, when our schedule slow down, we can provide a little bit more stuff on there as yeah. well for you. So. I was going to say, too, the the we're, we're getting this is why I was going to mention this, because you usually do that. I thought I would mm. take that this time. But we're getting to the end of Daniel 11 and 12 and we'll be done two more weeks. And so what do you want to hear otherwise? What other mm -hmm. series are you interested in hearing about? What other individual episodes? Who would you like to see us interview? Uh, you know, or all any those burning kind of questions that yeah. you're, you know, you're wanting to get through. That's always yeah, burning questions that we can answer. <laughs> <laughs> we just ask the burning questions. Any, we'll answer any them. E easy burning questions. We are going to answer who the Nephilim is precisely in the a time in the future. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't I know. Thought, I, I have to that, say something nonsense. Okay. I thought of that passage when we saw the sons of God in that uh, in that yes. Deuteronomy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Brian, thanks so much yeah. for uh, leading us through uh, Daniel 10 here and Thank looking you. forward to next week as we jump into Daniel 11. All right. See you All right, then. See you, Brian. Bye-bye.